Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that we can trust you. Thank you, dear Lord, that you will deliver, that you'll fight our battles, that you will be with us. No matter what we endure, no matter what we go through, if we'll just trust you. And so help us to trust you, dear Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank God. Amen. I want to talk today about how to be a person after God's own heart. Would you say those words after me, please? How to be a person after God's own heart. I'll read first from 1 Samuel 13 and 13. And Samuel said to Saul, you have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. For now the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart. And the Lord has commanded him to be commander over his people because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. And Acts 13 and 22 says, And when he had removed him, he raised up for them David as king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart who will do all my will. You may be seated. I've been enthralled and I've been fascinated by these verses for many, many years. It would seem to me that a man so described, a man after God's own heart, would literally be at the top, not of the world, but at the top of the universe. It would also seem to me that this man, a man after God's own heart, would be a model for all men who would wish that the blessings of God would rest upon their lives. A man after God's own heart. That would be a man for whom the heart of God was longing. Be the kind of man that God had been looking for. A man whom the heart of God would literally create. I get the impression that God is concerned about quality. And God is concerned about character. I said, God is concerned about quality. God is concerned about character. Even God does not start with any old thing in developing his servants. And if God, with all of his power, does not start with any old thing in developing his power, then we, with our negligible power, ought not think we can make something out of any old kind of person. All of us should be very careful 
about the models that we choose. All of us should be very careful about the examples that we select. And so God had given some thought to the kind of man he was looking for. And in the same sense, each of us should develop a concept of the kind of person or persons that we are going to associate ourselves with. You can't just run with anybody. And we should not let other folk make solitary decisions as to whether we are going to associate with them on a more than casual basis. Everybody that wants to be in your life does not need to be in your life. And sometimes we develop our association so haphazardly by the folk who want to be around us, folks that want to hang with us, that's it. And if, if somebody wants to be around us and wants to hang with us, then they're in and they're involved. And we're so happy that somebody wants to be associated with us. But you know, in some cases, you'd be better off by yourself. by yourself than to be with some folk on the face of the earth. We've got to categorize our relationships by the function that they can and are to serve in our lives. There are those who should be models to us. We should select them because we are so uh, impressed by the excellent wisdom, skill, and characteristics and character that they possess. And then we can select some other folk for whom we are to be models. They are trying to come along behind us and, and we allow them to be in our lives because we can have a good impact impression, a, a good impact on them. They're willing to learn from us. And then there are those with whom we should associate so that we can have a positive enhancing influence on their lives. And then there are others whom we should associate because of their positive and enhancing influence on us. There are those who as our genuine friends mutually and similarly struggle upwards and struggle Godwards and they're reaching higher and they're struggling higher just like we are and as we are both are climbing higher we can encourage them and lift their spirits and lift their hearts. But then there are others whom we should never allow into the circle of those who have influence over us. And I assure you, if somebody's in your life, they're going to have some kind of influence on us. And when their effect can be nothing but detrimental, you don't need them there. They're totally unwilling to entertain even the thought of positive change and their hearts are hardened and impervious to any kind of positive influence you might wish to have on them and so you've got to love them from a distance. How you doing sweetheart? I'm too busy now to talk to you but I'll see you later. I suppose that this is what God saw in the heart of King Saul. Saul was David's predecessor. And since God rejected Saul because he was not what God 
was looking for. And because he displeased God, it may be by understanding what he did and then articulating the opposite of what he did, find the qualities in the opposite degree of what God was really looking for and the man that would have the heart after God's own heart. Well, number one, Saul was disqualified because he was no longer little in his own eyes. I said he was disqualified because he was no longer little in his own eyes. When God chose him, he hid himself away. He was so impacted, he could not believe that God would have anything to do with him and that God had a mission for his life and certainly that God would not make him king and when he became king, he was so humbled in his heart. He was so struck and so thankful that God had selected him and nothing that he could do for God was too much. But after a while, pride began to seep in, assertiveness and his self-confidence began to rise. He, he, he became lifted up in his spirit. Now, I'm not saying that we should feel inferior, but neither should we feel that we are worth more, that we are better, that we are greater than most people are. Everything comes from God. I said everything. Everything comes from God and therefore God should receive the glory and the honor and the praise for whatever we become, for whatever we do, for whatever he blesses us to have. It's not us. It's God. He was no longer little in his own eyes. Listen, the bigger you become, the nicer you ought to get. Strong people can afford to be kind. And the higher God carries you, the more glory you ought to give him and the more humble you ought to be in your spirit. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. So therefore we enter into his gates with thanksgiving and we enter into his courts with praise. Everything comes from God. Will you look over toward your neighbor and say, everything, everything comes from God. He was no longer little in his own eyes. But then number two, he was unwilling to operate according to God's schedule. And so God rejected him. He was not one who would wait on God to fulfill his word. To fulfill his promise. If God didn't move when Saul wanted God to move, Saul would get busy himself and do his own thing. It doesn't seem that the Lord is going to move like I want him to, and so I'm going to take care of this thing myself. Amen. Some people today don't know how to wait on God. Ask God for a husband. And God doesn't move as fast as you move, and so you grab on to something yourself six months later you back in God's face God take him away <laughs> the Lord says no I'm not going to take him away you grabbed him you grabbed her brothers look over at your neighbor and say you better wait on God some of you can say I'm a witness you better wait on God 
Are there any witnesses in the house? Don't raise your hand. Hallelujah. He was unwilling to wait. He took things into his own hands. Therefore, the Lord rejected him and said, listen, obedience is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. Then number three, he placed material good above obedience to God. God told him to destroy every trace of a wicked nation that was going to bring Israel to her knees and destroy Israel. Saul looked out and saw the flocks and the livestock and he kept the best of it for himself. And rather than obeying God and doing what God had told him to do. Listen, if God doesn't want you to have it, you don't need it. And a man after God's own heart, if God says let it go, he will let it go. Can somebody please say amen to me? And then number four, he was rejected because he turned to evil, devilish powers for guidance and for assistance. When he couldn't get a word from God, he went and found him a witch, a soothsayer, that she might reveal the future and tell him what it was that he desired to know. He turned to demon powers rather than the power of Almighty God, and God rejected him even the more from being king over Israel. Listen, don't you run around with these astrological tables and soothsayers and readers and fortune tellers. Am I talking to anybody in here? You got the Holy Ghost. That's the only spirit you need. If you've got Jesus in your life, that's all you need. What people don't understand is that there is no power but God's power. And if you're not going to rely on God's power, then you're relying on demon power. And the devil is a roaring lion. He doesn't want to do anything but destroy you and bring you to nothing and devour you. You'd better put your hand in hands, God's hand and hold on. <laughs> Almighty God. I know some of y'all are saying this is kindergarten stuff the preacher's telling us on this morning. But you might need this. You might need this. Number five, he was rejected because he sought to thwart and foil and frustrate and impede God's plan for the one God had chosen. When Saul saw that God had chosen David over Saul, Saul declared war against David and tried to destroy David and take David's life and bring David to nothing. Listen, if you find somebody God is blessing, you better keep your hands off of them. Keep your mouth off of them. If you find somebody that God is really blessing, you better bless them too. And it may be that if you bless them, the Lord will bless you for blessing them. Oh, bless the name of the Lord. The Lord did say, I will bless those who bless you. But instead, Saul tried to fight the one that the anointing of God was on. He tried to block the one that God was elevating and using. And so what you really need to do, what you really need to decide to do is everybody that you can bless, just bless them. 
Everybody that you can lift, just lift them. Everybody that you can encourage, encourage them because the Lord will bless encouragers. The Lord will bless those who speak well of others and who encourage others in their walk and in their lives. Is anybody with me today? Hallelujah. And then number seven, God rejected Saul because he never really changed. I said he never really changed. Once he got into that rut of wickedness and suspicion, animosity and hatred and violence, he never really changed. When God would come and stand before him and say, Saul, you're wrong. Saul would give some type of nominal, I'm sorry, but in his heart, he never really change what will it take for some people to change they know that there are elements of evil in their hearts those around them have reminded them that there are character traits that are detrimental and demolish all good in their environment they might make a motion as if they are going to change, but they really remain the same old low-down person that they have been from the very beginning. Saul never really changed. If he had changed, his destiny could change. If he had changed, his future could change. If he had changed, the blessing of God that God had taken away could have been conferred on his life again. But he never really change and so everybody ought to want to be a person after God's own heart they ought to want to be people whom God thinks of favorably people who are people after God's own heart are blessed people indeed if you want to really be blessed just get your heart right be a person after God's own heart Hallelujah. People who are people after God's own heart are prosperous people. They're people who get moved to the front of the line. People who are after God's own heart receive special miracles from God. They get preferential treatment when you are a person after God's own heart. You get moved to the front of the line, as I said. When you're after God's own heart, you get special assignments from God and special blessings from God. And so everybody ought to want to be and understand that the most important objective in life is to be a person after the heart of Almighty God. When God selected David as a person after his own heart, David got put on the fast track to success. Are you hearing me today? God started putting David on the hearts of the people who were around him. Saul needed an anointed musician to bring peace to his disturbed spirit. Somebody said there's a boy by the name of David, Jesse's son, who can soothe disturbed minds and hearts just by his song. By the playing of the harp, God hath anointed him to drive the devil out and to bring peace and solace into the hearts of all who are around just because he is there. David was such a blessing to Saul that Saul made David his armor bearer. 
He was on the fast track. An armor bearer carried an additional weapon for the soldier officer and frequently fought by that officer's side. But then soon David became the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff of the nation of Israel, the head of all the army. I said he was on the fast track to success because he was a man after the heart of God. 1 Samuel 18 and 5 says, And David went out whithersoever Saul sent him and behaved himself wisely. And Saul set him over the men of war, and he was accepted in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's servants. Listen, when a man's ways please the Lord, God will make even his enemies to be at peace with him. Listen, you get in right relationship with God, God will start dealing with your enemies. He'll start dealing with people in significant and critical and key positions and you will be on the fast track to success. How many of you know God can move you higher and faster than you ever thought? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He was on the fast track to success. When Saul became jealous of David and when Saul did everything he could to kill David, the Lord protected David. The Lord did all this for David because David was a man after God's own heart. David killed a lion bare hands, killed a bear, bare, bare hands, killed Goliath with one smooth stone. David had sword, shield, armor, all kinds of armaments, the whole Philistine army behind him, but one rock from a man with whom, who, whose heart was the heart that God had chosen brought Goliath down with one single stone. Hallelujah. Listen, when you are given a special assignment from God, you can't die until the assignment is performed. I wish somebody would hear me. When God gives you a special assignment, Nothing can stop you. Nothing can kill you until the assignment is performed. He that hath begun a good work in you shall perform it until the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so it's, it's not so important, you know, that, that, that you have, it is important that you have good health, but there's something more important than that. It is important that you have people around you who will protect you rather than hurting you. But the most important thing is that your heart be right with God and you be a man or a woman after God's own heart for he'll be a shield for you. He'll be your glory and he'll be the lifter of your head. Come on, clap your hands and give praise to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. People who are after God's own heart have bountiful material possessions. I said people who are after God's own heart receive bountiful material possessions. David was rich. David was excessively rich. 
But not only was he rich, he was generous. And because he was generous, he was rich. He gave a single building fund gift of $100 million. They were getting ready to build the temple. David walked up, said, I want to start this offering off by giving $100 million. And the people came along behind him and they gave. And pretty soon the, the provision was made for the temple. And when Solomon came along, he had everything he needed for the building of the house of God. They raised the money in advance. And all they had to do was build the building. People who are after God's own heart are generous people. They are liberal people. And I just love to tell folk, if God can get it through you, God will give it to you. And some folk don't receive anything from God because they, God knows he can't get it through them. When he gives it to them, it's going to stay with them for the rest of their lives. And they're not going to give to people. They're not going to give to the poor. They're not going to give to God's work. And so God says, I'll just give it to somebody else that I can get it through. Do I have a church here this morning? I'm taking too long, but let me read uh, 1 Chronicles 29. 1 Chronicles 29 and 10. And the Bible says, Therefore David blessed the Lord before all the assembly. And David said, Blessed are you, Lord God of Israel, our Father forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power and the glory, the victory and the majesty. For all that is in heaven and in earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head over all. And David went on to say, For both riches and honor come from you, and you reign over all, and in your hand is power and might, and in your hand it is to make great and give strength unto all. And so David said, You made me great. Everything is yours. The kingdom is yours. The silver, the gold is yours. You've just entrusted it into my hands for a short time. And God, listen, one million dollars, uh, one million, uh, one million million dollars is nothing to you. I'll just be glad to give it. And listen, if I said David gave one million dollars, I'm saying he gave one hundred million dollars to the work of the Lord. And God uh, replaced it and God blessed him in such a way that he could give it and still be rich you ought to clap your hands and praise almighty God when you understand that everything belongs to God then you don't mind giving to God and you don't mind giving to the work of God David went on in verse 13 of that same chapter and said now therefore our God we thank you and praise your glorious name but who am I and who are my people that we should be able to offer so willingly as this? For all things come from you and of your own have we given you. Would you raise your hand and say, Lord, all things come from you. And of your own have we given you. And so David was generous. David was rich. God fixed it so that his descendants ruled over Israel for many generations. And then God arranged it so that Jesus would be called the son of David because David was in the messianic lineage. And I could go on and on, but all this proves that God does special things when he finds somebody who is after his 
own heart. Well, let's go directly to this thing and find out what kind of heart David had. Number one, David had a courageous heart. I said he had a courageous heart. He was willing to risk his life for the glory of God. He stood just a young teenager before Goliath and he brought down that great giant Goliath because Goliath had spoken against the name of Almighty God. And David said in his heart, if I have to die trying, I'm not going to let this uncircumcised Philistine speak against the glory of my God. In this day and time, when those who are terrorists and fighters and soldiers for Allah are willing to give their very life to, to terrorize and to bring destruction into the situations in which they go, there need to be some soldiers of Jesus Christ who will stand up for Jesus Christ and speak the word. Hallelujah. If they can die for Allah, at least we ought to live for Jesus Christ. We ought to give for Jesus Christ. We ought to speak for Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He had a courageous heart. And then he had a loving heart. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to have a loving heart. David was a good friend to many people. David had a love for the Lord's people. And the Lord lets us know that we can't love him without loving one another. And if we don't love our brothers whom we see daily, how can we love God whom we have never seen? A person who is after God's own heart knows how to treat people and he knows how to love people. Time and time again, David did kindness to folk. David would try to lift and encourage folk. And sometimes people don't even understand your kindness. The king of a nation afar passed away. And David sent his son gifts of encouragement and sent his son a good word. And his son rejected the gift saying that he's just trying to trick me. He's just trying to manipulate me. But David was not trying to manipulate him. He was just a man who had a loving heart. And listen, folk may not understand the love that you express, but love them anyhow. Care for them anyhow. When you show them love and when you do kindness unto them, you'll heap coals of fire upon their head. And they're not going to be satisfied without the love that you show to them. And so David had a loving heart. But not only did he have a loving heart, David had a repentant heart. David knew how to repent. There are so many today who really don't know how to repent. But David had a repentant heart. And you might say, how could David have been a person after God's own heart when he committed adultery with Bathsheba and when he killed her husband? And in truth, that was a great and disgraceful and terrible sin. And David and his, son and his family suffered for years to come because of the sin that he committed. But when David committed that sin and the man of God stood before him and said, David, you are the man. God has been too good to you for you to treat God the way you've treated him. God has brought you from too far 
for you to behave like you are behaving. In Psalm 51, David fell down before God and said, God, have mercy on me according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Hallelujah. And he said, against you and you only have I sinned. Listen, child of God, so few folk really know how to repent. But the Bible says the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart you will not despise. No matter what you've done, no matter how you've behaved, no matter how wrong you have been, the Bible says a broken and a contrite spirit the Lord will not reject. If you stretch your hands to the Lord and say, Lord, I pray for your mercy and I pray for your forgiveness. Father, I stretch my hand to thee. None of the help I know if you withdraw yourself from me. Where, oh where shall I go? Hallelujah. Some folk, when they apologize, you almost wish they had saved themselves the trouble. If you think I'm wrong, if you feel I did something that was not appropriate, if I hurt you by what I did, I I'm sorry. What they're really saying, it's really not my fault. And it may even be more your fault than it is my fault. But if apologizing will help get me out of this fix, I apologize. You really want to tell them, listen, forget it. Don't say anything. Let's just go on. But David knew how to repent. Do you know how to repent? First John 1 and 8 says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All you have to do is really repent. Hallelujah. I know you try to go through all kind of gift giving and sending flowers and sending cards and all that kind of stuff, but waste Save your time and don't waste your time in that way. Just really repent. Just say, Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, forgive me. I was wrong and I need your mercy. Does anybody know here the Lord is a forgiving God? I said, is he a forgiving God? God will have mercy, but you've got to repent. You've got to turn from the way that you've walked in and say, Lord, I just want to please you. I just want to do your will. I'm sorry, and I want you to forgive me. But not only did David have a repentant heart, David had a worshiping heart. I said he had a worshiping heart. And he was a man after the heart of God because David knew how to worship God. He said himself, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul will make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. And then he said, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me 
and he delivered me out of my fears. Hallelujah. I said he had a worshiping heart and then he got demonstrative in his worship. He was a demonstrative person. In other words, he demonstrated on the outside the praise that was on the inside. Listen, if you really love God, it ought to show up on the outside. Sometimes, if you're really thankful to God, you ought to show some outward sign that you are thankful to God. I know that there are some people who say, I praise him silently. I'm not an emotional person. I'm not an expressive person, but it's in my heart and it's in my mind. I may not clap my hands. I may not stand on my feet. I may not lift my hands. I may not shout for joy, but it's in my heart. Well, that's all right if you are really that kind of person. But I saw you sitting in front of the television when your favorite basketball team was playing the game and you were jumping up out of your seat and you were screaming at the television and you were waving your hand. I saw you when you got that birthday gift and you were shouting and praising and thanking them for the gift they gave you. I saw you at the disco. I saw you on the floor when you were doing your thing. Oh, bless the name of God. I saw you jumping up and down when you got that hole in one. But if you praise everything else, you ought to praise God. God did something for David and David was so glad about it. David started shouting. His robe fell off. David didn't even stop to put his robe back on. He just kept on shouting and praising God. He shouted until his wife got shamed. He shouted until his wife criticized him. He shouted until she fussed at him. But he just kept on shouting. He had a demonstrative spirit. He said, God has blessed me openly. So I'm going to praise him openly. Would you grab your neighbor by the hand and say, neighbor, God has blessed me openly. I'm going to praise him openly. Come on and say it. God has blessed me openly. And I'm going to praise him openly, openly. I'll praise him openly. He blessed me with my house, with my car, with my clothes, with everything I've got. And if he blessed me openly, I'm going to praise him. I'm going to praise him. Let the world know God has been good to me. But you tell three people, God has been good to me. And I'm going to praise him. Oh God. Oh God. Oh. Hallelujah. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him.
got to stop. David was a demonstrative person. If you got the Holy Ghost, you ought to show some sign. If you love God, somebody ought to know about it. If God has done anything for you, you ought to praise him. But not only was David a demonstrative person, David was a humble person. At one point in David's life, David was fleeing from his son Absalom. David was going up into the mountains because his son was trying to kill him. There was a man on the side of the road by the name of Shimei. And Shimei was throwing rocks at the king. He was throwing rocks at David. And he was saying, David, you are a dead dog. David, no good is going to come out of this. You're going to be destroyed. And one of the king's captains said, let me go over and take his head off his body. He cannot talk about my king like that and live. But David said, let him alone. It may be that God will bless me for the cursing that he gave me. David was humble enough. Even though he was king, he still walked in his humility. Even though he was king, he let folk talk about him. Even though he was king, he let people abuse him. And in that David reminds me so much of our perfect model, Jesus Christ. David was a good model, but he made a whole lot of mistakes and he did a whole lot of wrong. But I've got a better model than even David was. Oh, bless the name of Jesus. We ought to look at Jesus and we ought to follow Jesus because Jesus is the best example. The writer of the Hebrew said, prayer foreseeing, we're accomplished about by so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin that doth so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us looking unto Jesus, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Jesus is our best example. And Paul said in Philippians 2 and verse 5, let this mind be also in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but he made of himself no reputation and being taken in the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. Jesus, the omnipotent son of God, the second person of the divine trinity humbled himself and became obedient and if Jesus could become humble and obedient how much more should we hold our heads in humility before our God how is it you're walking around talking about who you are and what you've got when God gave you everything you've got and made you everything you are humble yourself if my people that are called by my name will humble themselves and pray hallelujah turn from their wicked ways seek my face then will I hear from heaven I'll forgive their sin 
I'll heal their land. Child of God, it's not about you. It's about Jesus. Humble yourself. Humble yourself. Humble yourself. Humble yourself. Hallelujah. Jesus humbled himself and he became obedient. He became obedient even until the death of the cross. He said, God the Father is more important. The salvation of men is more important than I am. And so I humble myself until the death of the cross. But that's not all. When you look at your neighbor and say, that's not all. The Bible says, wherefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name that's above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Oh, yes, at the name of Jesus. Every tongue shall confess that Christ is Lord of all. He humbled himself. God lifted him. He humbled himself. God resurrected him. He humbled himself. God took him higher than he'd ever gone before. And child of God, if you will humble yourself, if you'll bow down before the omnipotent God and before the will of God, if you'll put God first, and put yourself second if you'll glorify God and not glorify yourself if you'll speak of the Lord and stop being wrapped up in yourself God will I said God will pick you up and take you higher than you've ever gone in all your life would you help me praise him that your heart will love. God bless our hearts so that we can be lifted into the realm of your will and of your power. God bless our heart. The Bible says if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And so people of the Lord, let's get in God. Let's get in the will of God. Let's get in the way of God. Let's get in the spirit of God. Lift up your hands and say yes. Yes. Yes to your will. Yes to your way. Yes to your command. Come on and clap your hands and praise the Lord.
your people today God bless your church don't let us be saints on the outside and sinners in our hearts don't let us dear Lord be filled with pride disobedience and willfulness but give us the kind of hearts that your heart is looking for Help us to start on the inside and work toward the outside. Help us to love you with all our heart, all of our minds, and all of our souls. Help us to be the people that you'd have us to be. Work on our hearts, dear Lord. Let us live and walk in Christ, for in Christ is everything we need to become what you would have us to be. Bless your church, dear Lord. And may our hearts be surrendered and responsive and pliable to you. In the name of Jesus. I want to pray for somebody who does not know Jesus. I want to pray for somebody who's not saved, who's not been born again. I want to pray for somebody whose heart is not right with God. Word of God has gone forth and you began to yearn in your heart to want to be a person that the heart of God longs for. A person after his own heart. And you would say, Lord, I want you to bless my heart. Come into my heart, into my life. Make me the person that God would have me to be. Fulfill your purpose in my life in the name of Jesus. Every sin you've ever committed can be forgiven today. Every wrong thing you've ever done can be erased. Jesus was the eternal sacrifice. After offering bulls and heifers and goats and lambs, turtle doves and pigeons, God said that's not enough. A man has sinned and a man is going to have to die. And that man's going to have to be worthy to die for the sins of all humanity. Jesus was worthy. He was the son of God. He could not die for his own sins because if he did, then he would not have died for our sins because he did no sin. Neither was any guile found in his mouth. He was the righteous son of God. And he died for our sins. And because of him, we can have life 
forever. Someone in here needs prayer. I'll pray for you right where you stand. Everybody stand up, please. Everybody's standing. I want to pray for those who don't know Jesus. If you're here and you would say, Preacher, I want God in my life. I want to have the heart that God is looking for. I want to know Jesus as my Lord. I want to know him as my Savior. Will you pray for me? Yes, I'll pray for you. In the next three minutes, your life can be changed. Your soul can be saved. Every sin you've ever committed can be forgiven. If you would say, Preacher, pray for me. I need prayer while every eye is closed and every head is bowed. Lift up that hand if that's you and say, Preacher, pray for me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to be saved. My heart has in so many ways not been right. I've hurt people in my life. I've hurt people. I've devastated my family. I brought sorrow to people who were around me. I've never reached my potential. My heart is not right. Would you pray for me? I want Jesus to take charge of my heart. Lift up that hand if that's you. It'll be my joy to pray for you. While those hands are lifted, if you lifted your hand, lift it again. Do not lower your hand until I tell you to do so. Lift that hand and hold it high. Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray for every uplifted hand, for every individual in this room who has said, pray for me. I need God. I want God in my life. Dear Lord, I pray that you will transform their lives, that you will touch them by your power, that you will transform and trans, transplace that heart in their, in their souls and in their spirits, that wicked heart, and place there a righteous heart and a loving heart. Do the work in Jesus' name, I pray. Draw them to yourself and let them never, ever again be the same. Say this prayer after me, everybody. Dear Lord, I'm sorry for my sin. Please forgive me for the wrong I've been, the wrong I have done. I want to be saved. I want a change of heart. I want a heart that will please you. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that he died for my sin. I believe that he arose from the dead. I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior, and I give my life to him, and I thank you, Lord. I am forgiven. I thank you, Lord. I am saved. I thank you, Lord. I have a new heart. Come on and praise the Lord. Come on and praise the Lord. Praise him, praise him. Praise him.